I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Bonjour et bienvenue à Zombies Ate My Podcast. Je m'appelle Ryan Murphy et avec moi et, et the busy zombie lord Lou Page. Comment ça va, Lou? Yeah, you can stop speaking French now. I've listened to enough of that for the last six episodes of what we're going to talk about tonight. I don't need any more French right now. No comprende. Exactly. I felt the need to uh, to start the podcast with a little bit of uh, show off a little bit my my very minimal French and I gotta say as someone who spends a lot of time around the French language here in Canada um, I I I am not I'm not good at speaking French but I I feel like personally like I feel like in my experience they did a really good job with the French language uh, in the Daryl Dixon show. That being said, like I am by no means an expert, so um, I'm kind of curious to have a French friend listen. I do not speak French at all, mm-hmm. uh, but I did take a couple classes when I was in middle school and high school. So when sh- they were speaking, I can't speak it, but yeah. I know enough of the words that I could kind of put the gist together of what she was saying without full context. I'd read the subtitle and be like, oh, okay, I get what's going on. But I could hear her enough that I was like putting the pieces together to the point where I think some of the subtitles might have been wrong because I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not the right word for for what just popped up on screen. But I could be wrong. Yeah, there were uh, there were a few moments where and this this comes with the territory of, you know, providing subtitles is, is that sometimes and and again, I don't know this for certain, but it felt like sometimes what the folks were saying didn't exactly line up with the subtitles, but the subtitles were yeah. there to give us the context yes. of what was being said, you know? Exactly. I, I don't speak enough French that I, I'm more familiar with French and Spanish than I am any other lang- foreign language. I knew enough of the words that there was a couple of points where she said something and I'm like, that's not what that word means, but I get that they're just trying to shorthand it to us because we're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just don't speak French. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, there's uh I mean, we're going to talk a lot about Daryl Dixon, and I, I think you can kind of get an idea just from this little pre-show uh, banter that we we enjoyed it. And um, I, for the last couple of days, as I was watching it, I was I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start the show in French and just <laughs> roll with it. Uh, but uh, that's that's about the extent of my knowledge. I'm sure I could I could uh, very poorly carry a, a small conversation but uh i can intro the show at least without uh, the assistance of google translate so there you go uh but before we get to the news lou uh this is the fall this is the fall we're heading towards halloween and what we normally do during this time frame is we talk about extra life bit.ly slash extra life ryan if you donate fifty dollars you can suggest a zombie film for us to discuss on the podcast and there's some great zombie movies that we've talked about that we haven't watched, some some classics. Uh, there are some great zombie movies we've watched before that you could request an update on. We've done that before as well. Uh, but Lou, 
to give folks an idea at home of what they could possibly suggest with their donation that 100% goes to Sick Kids out of Toronto, a Children's Miracle Network hospital, uh, what what movie do you have on uh, on your radar for us today? Well, I was browsing Hulu, which I think you don't have access to in Canada, but I'm pretty sure that this this is a Canadian production, so I'm pretty sure this is going to be easy for you to find. That Zombie Town movie with uh, 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 Dan Aykroyd and um, Chevy Chase is out now. Is it really? Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, I was I was browsing Hulu looking for something dumb to watch, and that popped into the listing of like recently came out in horror, and I was like. Oh, okay. Huh. Maybe that's something we can watch. Yeah, it came out September 1st. It's actually based on an R.L. Stein book. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, it looks like it was released in theaters, or this would probably say theater in Canada. I don't I don't remember seeing this at all in any listings. But you're right, it did premiere on Hulu October 6th. And I imagine Hulu kind of sometimes gets bundled with Disney Plus here in Canada. Like, it's not called Hulu. It's called, like, Star or something. But it's part yeah. of, like, the Disney Plus catalog. I'll have to look into that. But that that's a solid suggestion and I think available enough that we could make it work. It's, it's probably something I can rent. I know I have access to it. So that's... Well, there you go. That's a, that's a good suggestion. And, and that said, I've also recently watched the Spirit Halloween movie. I was hoping for some zombie content there, but there isn't any. The spirit, what? What's that? Uh, uh, do you not get the spirit Halloween pop up stores everywhere in Canada? Uh sometimes. Th- th- yeah, I know. I was like, yeah, spirit Halloween, like the sort of the. I've seen the memes, and we used to have the stores. I think. Okay, well, Spirit Halloween last year made a horror movie. Oh gosh, it's a kids' ho- horror movie. And I really? I started it the I started it the other night, and they got uh they got Doc Brown himself in it. Oh, that's interesting. He's the only he's the only name in it you'll recognize. That's still a big name, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd and Christopher Lloyd is he he's only physically in the first five ten minutes, and then his voice is in the rest of the movie. Oh, is he like a robot or something? Uh, he's a ghost. Oh. Okay, and he keeps possessing stuff. <laughs> okay, well, uh, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's simple enough that if your oldest is interested in something for Halloween, like a Halloween movie, you could probably get away with showing him showing them that because it's not scary. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, well, that one, that one's something you can look up on your own time, folks at home. But uh, uh, the the Zombie Town, good suggestion. Uh, go to bit.ly slash extra life Ryan, donate to extra life $50, and you can suggest a zombie film. These are just suggestions for you to suggest, but honestly, it's up to you. Oh, there's tons out there. There's plenty of things we have not covered. There's always plenty out there. So uh, if you have any questions, let us know in the Discord or send us an email or, or tweet us, whatever works for you, and we'll uh, happily answer your questions. Um, but let's move into the news. has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. This first story here, Lou, uh, it shouldn't surprise anyone at home. Pretty video game heavy uh, this week. Well, actually half and half. Half video games, half uh, half uh, television content. 
Um, but the, the first story here is Lollipop Chainsaw Repop, which was recently delayed into 2024. Um, the developers are calling it a remaster, not a remake. Um, now, it's funny. When I saw this headline, I thought, I thought it was always a remaster, and my brain switched the headline around and thought, oh, cool, it's going to be a remake. No, you got it the other way around. Yeah, I'm. I made a mistake there. Uh, when they when they said it was going to be a remake, uh, I know that remakes have a. Uh, they have to go back out and get new licenses. They have to do. They have to get pay contracts to all the voice actors again. It, like it may be the same game. They may be using everything, but if you do a remake, it, that's way more time involved and cost way more than if they just do a remaster if they just do a remaster i think they can get away with not paying voice actors min or at least minimally paying them for stuff i'm guess i always kind of thought that this was going to happen i thought a, a, the original game did not sell well enough for a remake um it has a cult following so i've kind of been expecting that this was going to be a remaster instead this was not a surprise and and honestly, now that I think about it, I, I should have just assumed it was always a remaster. I, in my mind, like when you look at a remaster, you're looking at a lot of what we get these days with, you know, the HD ports from Nintendo and, and stuff like that. A remake, I, I would even consider The Last of Us Part 1. That's a remake. The one they just put out on the PS5 last year. Like that's in my mind a remake. I thought it was a remake. It it is yeah, and they call it a remake. And I, I, there's no arguments there. I mean, Dead Space, the Dead Space remake, which is going to be coming to Game Pass uh, in about a week. Um, that's a remake. That's not a remaster. Yeah. So they they did say that the biggest change is, to, and this was announced earlier. The biggest change is that they have to change some of the licensed music, which is unfortunate. That happens whenever you use licensed music. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a notorious thing because th there's a bunch of TV shows that used licensed music. And now in the age of digital, they can't do the distribution rights because they have to rebuy the licenses for all the music again. And it's too expensive. Yeah, it's uh, and now that being said, I, I never played the original, uh, you know, uh, Lollipop Chainsaw. So the music likely likely won't, won't be an issue for you. me. Yeah. I, I imagine they'll be able to keep some of the stuff like they're 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 going to have to change certain songs that are probably, you know, cost prohibitive because like we're talking about what is this like a decade and a half ago? This game, when did it come out? Uh, it was it was 360. Yeah, we were doing this show when it came out. It was 2012. Yeah, it it came out the year. The year we, we, year we the, started this. Yeah. OK, interesting. Well, um, I'm looking forward to this remaster because, like I said, I I didn't get a chance to play the original. So, um, yeah, this is uh, yeah, my brain somehow thought that it was the opposite, like that it was getting an upgrade. But really, it was just it, a I, I'm ashamed to say it's a game that's been on my pile of shame for a while that I've been like, oh, I should have played that. Oh, no, I didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You could pop it in. Do you have an Xbox handy? Kind of. Kind of, <laughs> kind of. I'll just wait for this. I'll just wait for this new version. Yeah, it's easier than getting the box yeah. out and trying to find the cables. Yeah, I, get, I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, let's go to our next story, which is also video game related and also remaster related. Uh, this is just rumors at this stage, but The Last of Us Part Two remastered 
has been listed on Naughty Dog uh, Dev's LinkedIn. Um, this is interesting because The Last of Us Part Two already received a PlayStation 5 patch. Um, the I- I'm assuming the idea here is to basically offer The Last of Us Part Two as a PlayStation 5 product that takes more advantage of the hardware and maybe takes on some of the the uh, upgrades that were done for the part one remake, some of the, you know, quality of life. It could, but I have a funny feeling this has more to do with a PC port. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you think they re-release it on PlayStation 5 alongside a PC uh, release as well? Yeah, I think that's what this is. They're going to do they're going to do some slight changes, make it feel a little bit more like the the new remake, make a couple of changes, up-res some things, and then stick them on both systems, systems yeah. and PC. And maybe to complete the marketing synergy presentation file, they uh, release it alongside season two of The Last of Us uh, from that HBO. Would, that would likely be my 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 suspicion. But it depends yeah. on how soon we get that series. Because uh, I know that yeah. I don't think it's coming next. I don't think it's coming 2024, but uh, come 2025, I wouldn't be surprised. They haven't shot anything. I believe they've just started writing again with the writer's strike just over, but the actor's strike is still ongoing. So we're we're definitely looking at they haven't. I, I don't see them starting shooting until end of 2024 uh, because they, they need the seasons, right? You know, so. Yeah. We'll see how that goes, but we'll we'll keep everybody in the loop. I, I honestly, you know, I don't have a problem with developers. Look, I'm a Nintendo fan, so I'm used to developers re-releasing their stuff. And um, I already own The Last of Us Part Two on PS4. It is upgraded on the PS5, uh, has a patch there. Like, this remaster won't take away that patched version. But it's good for folks who want to who wanna play it on their, you know, on their hardware, and if it leads to a PC release, I, which I, I agree, Lou, I didn't even think about that. That's inevitable, I think. Um, yeah. So there you go, folks. Now, Lou, does this mean you're gonna you're gonna play it? You don't have a PS5, but you have a you have a Steam Deck. <laughs> I have a Steam Deck and a laptop. Yeah. If it's compatible on my on one of my systems, I'm not paying sixty bucks for it. But when it goes down in price, I might pick it up. Yeah. That or wait for HBO's. The Last of Us uh, Part Two. <laughs> honestly, we'll honestly, I might just wait. I know Who I had cares? that conversation with uh, with Jocelyn from the Gamers End. I was I said to her like, well, you know, you you could go just pay ten bucks and and play The Last of Us Part Two on your on your PS Five, and she's like, well, you know, there's so much going on now. I could I could honestly just wait for HBO to to release the second season. I'm like, honestly, it's not a bad idea. I I honestly kind of prefer. Um, I like the show better than the game. Yeah, I think well, the show has the has the um the luxury of being a product released 10 years after the game. Yep. So they're able yep. to like tweak it. But I like sort yep. of the way the world is set up, you know? I like the rules in the show. So. Yeah. Uh well, let's talk about this story. This was actually uh posted in our Discord. Uh George A Romero's Resident Evil uh, a trailer was dropped. This is a documentary about the unmade movie coming in 2024. So we've talked about this for sure on the show. I I have memories of that. I I remember 
being in high school and that this being talked about, that it was going to be a thing that he was going to do the resident evil movie. And I remember being all excited about it. And at one point after it got canned, somebody in the production staff put the entire screenplay on the internet. (laughs) This was way, 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 way back, you know, but basically almost dial up days. (laughs) (laughs) Broadband was new. And I remember reading the original script of this and I remember thinking it's a little weird, but I it's Resident Evil. And then we got that other movie and I was like, really Resident Evil, but I'll take what I can get. Yeah, I remember us discussing that script, too, on the show. It's it's really interesting. Uh, I I always like the idea of George Romero making a Resident Evil film. And this trailer and sort of the explanation around the documentary of how um, they they talk about how uh, his assistant um, actually played through the game so George Romero could watch the gameplay while he was writing the script. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. So I, I am looking forward to this when it comes out. We'll definitely try. I'm it looking I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh just because I want to see how much of this I already know. Sure. Uh, watching this trailer, there was several, like, there was a ton of stuff that was said. And I was like, yeah, I've already read about this. I've read, like, a dozen articles on this already. This that, that this documentary looks cool, but I think I'm going to know about probably two-thirds of this. Uh, the other thing that I thought was fascinating to me was they keep show. there's a couple of interview clips that they show where they show several people being taught ta- the documentaries or they're interviewing people. Several of the interviews interviewers are the people that manage his, um, his museum at, I think it's the university of uh, Pittsburgh. I think that's where all of his, his wife donated all of the extra stuff that was in their in their, their storage unit. They had like, he had like a warehouse full of stuff that all got donated to the university of Pittsburgh. I believe we talked about this on the show at one point. Um, back during the beginning of the pandemic, I got to sit and watch, uh, and and sit and be part of a discussion group that got to watch a zoom call where the guys that were archiving that talked about all the things that they were archiving and they knew a lot of stuff. I won't say they were dumb in any way, shape or form. Um, they were very, very knowledgeable, but it was funny to watch them interact with us, the rabid fans, (laughs) Because yeah. we had told them about several of his projects that we were asking whether or not there was content from that there. And they didn't know what we were talking about. But they did keep bringing up this Resident Evil movie thing. And mm-hmm. so the fact that they're interviewing them for this doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And it, it sounds like they may have even gotten permission from Capcom and Constantine Films to like shoot some of the scripted scenes that were in his original script. So uh, I, I believe that he had done some preliminary test shots with no real actors, but like stand-ins because he was trying to pitch it to Capcom. And it was always weird to me that they got so far along in the production of it. And then Capcom bailed out. And I don't even, if I, if I remember right, I, and and we'll know more when we watch documentary. I, I don't even think it was that Capcom bailed out. I think it was more that the, the studio was worried that he wasn't going to be a selling point. Yeah. It's so odd. Cause again, like it's George Romero and like when they were making this movie, he was still, he was still making like, like quali- this, the, quality the, zombie the, stuff, I guess. 
Um, well, Land of the Dead would probably come out post all of this yeah. by about five or six years. And that's the biggest budget studio production I believe he's ever he ever did. Okay. Well, I mean, they did obviously pass on his vision and and eventually created the the juggernaut of a franchise that was uh six films i think of resident evil with um i, I believe it's seven dude is it seven? Oh man i think it's seven <laughs> i mean i'm i'm specifically like are there seven of the alice films like that's what i'm specifically i, so I, I believe there are seven alice films wow Okay. I could be wrong, but I thought there were seven because I think at one point we talked about there being a sixth one and being like, they can't make another one. And then I think there was another one. So we got. And I can't Resident pay attention Evil, to the order of them two, because three. they don't number them. They just give them monikers and I and they all sound so generic. There's some of them that sound like they're almost the same movie. So there was six. Uh, was there six? Yeah. You got Resident Evil, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction. Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Retribution, and then Resident Evil The Final Chapter. And okay. they were all, uh, not all of them, but a majority of them were directed by uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh, the only one I believe that wasn't was two, I believe. The guy who directed two was uh, somehow involved with, I think, the Mission Impossible one or two movies. Well, he was he was at like a second unit director for a bunch of action movies, and that was why they brought him in to do this. And that's one of the reasons why that movie is not so good. Yeah, uh, Alexander that second movie Witt. is like that second movie is like the weakest of all. I, I'm not a fan of any of those movies except maybe the first one. I kind of like the first one. All of the rest of them are kind of meh. And that second one is just dog crap. Mm. Yeah. I, <laughs> those they have, movies they are. Have, they have a fan base and I don't I know. begrudge anybody that likes them. They just, I don't find them that entertaining. I think I found that every other one yeah, was that, good. That, I, think that, I think that's the running joke. It's like. The odd ones are the good ones, and the even ones are the bad ones. I think is the is the is the 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 standard idea. Yes, odd, good, two, even bad. Two and two and four are really bad, mm-hmm. and I think six might be at least okay. It's still not great. I watched them all. It's it not was, great. Um, it was I know bad. you watched them all. You watched them all for this show. I know for extra life, people donated enough that I had to watch all six of them because I had not yeah. seen them. Because why? Why? <laughs> you know? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why is all we have to say. Um, but I am looking forward to hearing more about this. I really like the idea of uh, the, and I think we eventually got something close to what maybe George Romero was aiming for with the Welcome to Raccoon City, which I I, uh, I love. It's, it's a shame that that movie didn't do better. Well, there's talk that there's a sequel, like there is a whole, I think we talked about it on the show, that there is a funding put forward, it's filming under um, Umbrella Chronicles as the project name, in the same city where they shot the first one, so... I believe, I don't believe any of that crap until we see a trailer. <laughs> but, you know, uh, a man can dream uh, hey, that... Hey, yeah. hey. In the in the Discord... I know. There was a there was a, 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 a article shared about Chuck Norris and Vanilla Ice being in a, a zombie movie together. You know what? As cool as that sounds, I am not going to believe that that's a real thing and not an Internet hoax 
until I see a trailer. So come on, show me a trailer. I know, I know. And and you know what? I, I delivered on that zombie town, right? When I said, hey, how do you feel about Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase being in a zombie film based on R.L. Stein? Yeah, book? That, that, that was a thing. Yeah. That was a thing. And you were like, no trailer. Ah, but there is. Now there is, yeah. So there you go. Now there's an actual film, so. Yep, and we'll be able to watch it, maybe, possibly. We'll see. Uh, well, we have one more news story here, and this one comes from uh, New York Comic Con, which took place, I believe, last weekend. And uh, this has to do with the next spinoff from The Walking Dead, which is uh, The Ones Who Live. This is the formerly Rick and Michonne series. It's still Rick and Michonne, but it's a new it's a new title. Um, yeah. We got a premiere month, which is February 2024. So we won't have long to wait. Uh, early 2024 is what they were aiming for. And now we have that that date. Uh, they also said they confirmed that Jadis is returning. But yep. I think we kind of like knew that maybe, but maybe there was like, we knew confusion. that because she survived that crappy show. She did, but she was evil again. Right. Like there was this understanding yeah. when she left. She's a bad guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Uh, but something, something obviously happened between her and Rick because we, it felt like they were on somewhat friendly terms. Well, it's the reason Rick survived, right? Is that Jadis yeah. changed her mind about him. Yeah. Uh, but this trailer focused on Rick, um, basically talking about how he tried to escape. He got captured again. Uh, and, and it was a nothing trailer. There was really. Oh yeah. The, like I watched this trailer being like, Ooh, cool trip. Oh, there really isn't anything here except listening to him talk and seeing clips of people that are just kind of like standing around. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I would imagine we get more probably once Fear wraps up. I think we'll get we'll probably get a trailer sometime around Christmas. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, they'll likely uh, tack it on to the end of Fear, which will line up with that prediction. So, yep. yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it because I want more Rick. So that's where and I'm did at. You catch, did you catch this sort of hint at Rick in what we're going to talk about tonight? Yes. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. We'll talk about that. I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well let's uh let's dive in here. Daryl Dixon. That's what we're talking about tonight in our main topic here. Season one. It's already been renewed for a second season. We'll have that news story at the end because it's a bit spoilery and I don't want to start there. There's so much to, to love here, but the music for this series. It's a step above what we've been getting for everything else. Yeah. And I think it comes down to, and a lot of what I love about the series, it comes down to the change of scenery. Yes. And they just, they, I, personally, I feel like they, they took that change of scenery and said, well, no, we have to, we have to change everything. The music the look, the feel, um, it all has to work. The language and the music feels more, it, it's different from The Walking Dead, the other stuff we've seen. It's it's more piano, it's more uh, uh, more violin, um, more yeah. uh, string instruments, that sort of thing. It's less like rock and roll and um, classic horror sort of, uh, well, not classic, but more modern horror, which is like more... Um, 
I don't know. It just it felt different. I'm probably explaining it incorrectly. The whole the whole show feels different. Yeah. Except that except that Daryl's in it, it feels almost like a different show. Yeah. And I was really worried that the fish out of water bit here wouldn't work. And I you and I even had that conversation in Discord. I watched like the first five minutes. And I think we even talked about it on the show. And it's like, I don't know, guys. It's like it's just Daryl washing up on the shores of France. I don't think this is gonna work. And I kind of put it out of my head because we had other stuff to cover. But after watching two episodes, I was like, oh, okay, it is a fish out of water story. But the reason he's there, the things he's going through, the story they're telling, it's all so fresh. And there's so much they don't explain. Yeah. Or if they did, maybe I missed it. There's so much that they just don't explain. Like, so they don't tell you how he got to France until what, like the last two episodes, maybe? Yeah, they heavily hint at it. They hint at it. He says that he got captured and he was being taken there. But you don't find out the real story as to how he got there till like episode five, I think, out of six. Yeah, you don't get the full story. And it's interesting because they tell you how he got there. But they don't. And if you think about what they're doing, there's something weird going on and you don't quite understand why they would be doing what they're doing. But if you start to put pieces together, it's starting to make sense. Yeah, Um, I Uh, have a theory. I have a theory, but but I'll bring up later when we get to that point in the story. But he washes up on a beach. We all know that. And uh, he ends up meeting some people. Uh, thinks they're going to help him. And then some guys show up looking for those people and they kind of throw him to the wolves and he ends up killing them. And then later on, the same chick blames him for everything so that this other guy is coming after him for his brother because he killed. Yeah. He thinks Daryl killed his brother. Yeah. And he's the American, right? So he's a standout yeah. Um, yeah. because it's this far in the apocalypse. Like if if someone it's weird that there's an American there. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I mean, that specific moment you're referencing, I thought (laughs) this, this show does. So, um, I love that they kept the French language front and center throughout this series because we are in France. Um, and it, and it also makes sense that some folks can speak English because, you know, English is a very dominant language that is present in all our media. And I have a lot of French speaking friends who, will often watch their content in English because that's that's the main language that uh, that it's present in, right? Like the Marvel movies, yeah. they're all, the actors are speaking English, so that gives you a specific experience. But so I love, but I love every time a character interacted with Daryl, they would speak French to him. And it was like, no, he's, he's American, doesn't speak French. Um, <laughs> this was the, the first moment that happened. I'm sorry, I don't understand you. Hey, you American guy. You know, I speak English very good. What's cracking noob? <laughs> I swear they did that in almost every episode. He'd meet somebody I and know. they'd talk French to him and he'd be like, I don't understand. I know. Yeah, I actually have a, a few of them. I have. Uh, so there's that one. That's one of the first ones. Uh, and then there's uh, this one. No comprende. That's that's near the end uh, of of the whole show, and uh, 
there's there's a few moments like that where and it's not uh it's not done in a way that's like haha american and it's also not done in a way of like haha they speak no, french no it doesn't it doesn't talk it doesn't talk down to you as an audience member mm-hmm. it makes you identify with daryl because you'd be in the same boat he's in 100% and nobody and, and only i think it's only once maybe or twice somebody makes a sarcastic amount comment about like having to speak english for the english guy like the american like i think it gets made once it does i actually have that okay and doesn't that guy get killed like three seconds later oh um maybe i'm thinking of a different scene there's a scene where um he it's i think halfway through the season or whatever and he uh he he, they get they get kind of captured by this group of kids i guess or get ambushed oh yeah, by yeah, this yeah, group yeah. Of kids. yeah and so they're basically explaining why he uh he only speaks english i i have the line here oh daryl he vient d'amérique il a été envoyé en mission à l'époque il parle pas français depuis tout ce temps c'est américain <laughs> so for, for everyone at home who doesn't have the subtitles turned on it's essentially uh our, our secondary character our our second main character which is isabel the killer nun as daryl calls her um is introducing daryl as father daryl and uh saying he had just traveled in uh no no he had been there for years sorry i'm doing a bad job translating (laughs) he's been there for years and then the other lady says like well why doesn't he doesn't speak any french he's been here that long and then she says (laughs) well he's american (laughs) so and uh I thought that was such a good line, and it, it's it's done in tongue in cheek, but it's believable in a in a in a shallow sort of way, and it makes you as an audience member laugh. Yep. And I also love how that situation with the kids. That my favorite part about that is is he's been lying to them, and they're lying to him. To him and it becomes very clear he is not a not a a a. a not a priest yeah and very clear he's walking with the girl that's in charge and she's like you're not a priest and he's like yeah, yeah you got me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's like and he even says something like you're not mad and she's like no like no. i don't care you know <laughs> and it, it, it everything about that interaction is like him with all those kids that interaction was just it it feels like we have new writers because yeah. in regular walking dead those kids would have been mad that he didn't have the medicine to fix them, fix their 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 teacher. Mm-hmm. And in this, she's already dead, and he goes, the medicine wouldn't have helped anyway. And the girl goes, says something like, like in other words, she kind of knew already, but like they were trying to hold out hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, I kind of needed the horse. And it, the, in regular Walking Dead, they would have turned that into a bloodbath scene where he, they had to kill all the kids. You know what I mean? Well, probably not. Yeah. No, I I, I feel you. Like, I think the writing, and these are new writers. Uh, as far as I know, they're new writers. It's still executive produced by Scott Gimble. But this is a new team. It would have to be. I felt like all the writing in this was much, much, much clever than yes. regular Walking Dead. Um, even There's even a tie-in to why Daryl's in France. That was interesting. Um, we've always gotten the backstory that his dad was crap, and that's why him and his brother were kind of like when they Struggled. get introduced yeah. in. The, yeah, they, they they're ba- they basically they're kind of like dark heroes. Yeah, and 
you know, the, you find out that they were abused and all this other stuff going on. And he tells her, and you don't find it out. I think it's episode five, maybe, or the beginning of episode six. He makes it sound like he's going to die there in in France. And that, like, in other words, it's like a circle of life kind of thing that he's going to die there in France. And she's like, what do you mean? And he explains that his grandfather died on the beaches of Normandy before his father was born. Yeah. And, and like, and like, he seems kind of bitter about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just thought that that was a lovely tie in. They could have just left something like that out. It didn't feel forced. And I just, I just felt like the writing about all of that was clever or at least interesting. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I think it was one of my favorite moments of the series because if you're, ex this is what I wanted. I wanted them to go to a different location and explore the uniqueness of that location. And you get the Eiffel Tower. Um, they explain that it was hit with a helicopter shortly after the apocalypse started. And it, it catches the wind in a way that makes it sound as if Paris is crying. And it's this like really ghoulish sound as the wind sort of moves through the, this torn up tower so they do really well with that set piece. Of course, you have to include the Eiffel Tower in some in some capacity, but I did not see them including Normandy. But that is a that is a core part of history that ties America and the world to that continent. That's I believe that's where he is at the end when uh, he's looking at those headstones. Yeah, no, he is. He, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if they shot. At Norm, I don't know if they shot at Normandy, but that is supposed to be uh, Normandy, Normandy Beach. And he finds, yeah. like, look, a cynic uh, who doesn't like The Walking Dead might look at that scene and like, what? He just randomly finds his grandfather's grave on Normandy Beach, and are there graves? That I don't, I don't know. But I felt like for the show, it was really moving to get like that portion of Daryl's history. And he kind of explains like the reason his life is, as you said, his life is so messed up is because his grandfather wasn't there for his dad and then his dad wasn't there for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just this recurring cycle of, of trauma. And I, I just thought that end scene was really, uh, was really well done and a great way to include like that piece of history. Um, for France and, and for the world for that matter. And uh, uh, the other thing too, the other thing too, that I thought was really, really interesting is at one point, um, I think it's when they're fleeing in episode four. Um, yeah. And they're trying to get away and they're on a river, they're on a boat getting, getting out of Paris. They, they go past the, the twin to the statue of Liberty in France. Oh, I didn't Did you miss that? that. Yeah. I missed that. That's interesting. Yeah, they go buy it. They go buy it. And Daryl kind of looks at it. And there's a look on his face, like almost like he ain't home, but like he's home. There's yeah. a look on his face where you're like, he's like, like a part of home is here. Yeah. And I mean that there's a deep connection between America and, and France, right? You know, with the yeah. Yeah. Um, revolutionary war and all that. Um but it's uh, so like this is this is a six episode season. It shows not only in the fact that there are six episodes, but just in the structure of the show and the writing. And I just got to say, like, 
I'm glad Fear is ending this year, and I hope that AMC looks at these six-episode arcs and says, okay, we found our new way of doing this. I'm I'm fine with getting six-episode arcs and them just renewing. That's fine. I'm... I was most skeptical about Daryl Dixon, the, the series, but I, I stand corrected. Like, I, I loved it. They needed to sell me on how he got to France. Sure. And I'm pretty sure they did sell me on how he got to France. I haven't put all the pieces together about the reason why he they, they brought him to France, but I kind of get the gist. I think I know what's going on. Yeah. Um. Well, we, let's talk about that. I think it's one of the... It's well, one we of should the talk mysteries. about we should talk about Laurent first. Okay, yes, let's talk about Laurent. Um, so Laurent is this kid, and it's it's interesting because they leave some of his story untold. Although you know he will be returning in season two, we saw that at the end of this this season. But um, the show tries to so there's a heavy religious uh, part to the show. He is essentially born into this uh, this convent of nuns. Uh, he's sort of heralded as this like miracle child and he's supposed to bring yeah, his, his, hope. His mother died during childbirth mm. and he still came out post-childbirth and survived. Yeah, she gave birth as a zombie essentially, right? Yeah, he was still attached to her as when she was a zombie. Did you see the parallels? Like they didn't, they did not. And I'm really appreciate they didn't do this. And maybe this was a rewrite after the last of us HBO series, uh, hit, but they did not, um, try to make the connection that he was immune to zombies, uh, or, or the zombie bite. They did not. Uh, but it's, it's, it's heavily implied that because he survived, they think there's something special about him. Yeah. And, like so here was my theory uh he his biggest um ability is uh to be able to sense people's emotions and and, and comfort folks we see a lot of him uh, or comforting. he knows people he knows people's intentions before they're even clear like at one point there's somebody that you think is going to hurt him and yeah. he looks at them and goes you're not mad at me you're mad at so and so and you're actually really a good person. So you don't want to do what you think you want to do. And the person like stops and you're like, huh, mm-hmm. there is something special about him. I don't know if he, they, 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 they keep talking about him being the Messiah. I don't know if that's, I don't think that's what it is, but I think he's going to be somebody who's going to point them all in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of came off to me that, like he was, you know, he was just very in touch with people's emotions, able to sense what people were feeling, knowing what to say. There's a lot of moments in this show. They meet a character that is technically his biological father, but you as an audience member don't know that. I didn't even put it together in their storytelling. And then it gets revealed that he is the father. And then later on, when Laurent meets him, Laurent goes, you're my dad, aren't you? Yeah. And and even the guy is taken back and is like, I don't need to explain this to you, you know? Right. I, I mean, and, and again, that can come down to the fact that he is he is sensing this person's feelings towards him. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, and nothing they do with Laurent seems over the top. Yeah. Um, I even like how they handle 
he doesn't want to do things like kill the zombies because he's afraid of God's wrath. And even the nuns tell him at one point that like sometimes you have to do the the do something bad to make things right. And yeah. and so he repeats that to himself a couple times. And he kills a zombie. He does, uh, and they. The thing I appreciated is in World Beyond, they dragged out those kids killing a zombie, made it so that those kids like sucked at it, like it, like it took like nine swings for them to kill their first zombie to the point where you're like, uh, and they were supposed to be trained to handle it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and you were like, oh come on. And in this, Laurent hesitates. He hesitates. He hesitates. And then when he swings that axe for the first time, he kills that zombie in one swing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they think they learned from all the complaints we all had about World Beyond. Yes, I really think they learned. I mean, I I mean, I know we've said before AMC is like, what are they doing? But I think this show proves that they are creatively willing to acknowledge mistakes and, and make corrections. Um, I, I think the six episode arc makes them have to keep a tight ship, you know, and really focus on the characters and the stories. I will um, say this. I was never bored in anything yeah. that was going on in this show. Uh, I often find even with epi- with walking dead episodes, I like, I find them some of the shots too artsy. They focus on other things and they, they're so busy trying to like, it always feels like they're so busy trying to show off that, it, the, the episode is like 20 minutes longer than it could have been. Mm-hmm. And this didn't do, there were some artsy shots to show you the streets of, of, of France. And that was fine, but nothing they did felt forced. Uh, everything was like, it was tight and to the point. There was yeah. no filler. And I, I loved that about this. Yeah, me too. Um, now let's so I have this thing to say uh in terms of the big bad um I was we were obviously wondering is this CRM because Walking Dead likes to tie everything to CRM and, and it was is not it's um and I think that deepens the mystery of like what is going on here because if it's not CRM which is known to been doing like experiments with zombies and such it is uh I think it's Jeanette is her name she is sort of she runs all of France and they're doing these experiments on zombies. And essentially in Maine, they were collecting the dead. They, they weren't just collecting the dead. They were collecting the dead, but they were trying to get the freshest dead they could get. Yes. Yeah, probably could, so they could last uh, the trip, right? Well, I think it was last the trip. I think it also has to do with the formula. Okay, yeah, that's the other bit here. So the other bit is... Uh, they're doing these experiments on zombies. Daryl runs into like a, a variant zombie, like sort of has acid blood. We know nothing yeah. of it. Daryl's like, what is it's going the on? The weirdest thing when it happens, you, I had to rewind that scene to see if they explained it. Yeah. And they don't. And I was like, that was weird. And then later on you find out why. Yeah. It's a specific uh, drug that is being made to turn these zombies into super zombies and like <laughs> and she seems the, the woman the bad bad woman i can't ever i can't keep her name she's not on camera long enough for you to get her name i think her name's jeanette jeanette um 
they, she seems super excited about this, and she seems to think that these super zombies are going to, like, change the tide of France of some kind, but they yeah. don't really explain why, and she keeps talking about how she needs to unite France and, and like, lead France, and it makes me feel like she wants to go to war and start invading other countries. That's the vibe I get, is she th- wants to unite France and then let's go invade the next country and then invade the next country. And like, like this is France's way of, of rising to the occasion and we can take over the world. That's kind of the vibe I get from her. She keeps talking about survival of the fittest, like, like the weak need to die off and, and whatnot. Like she keeps talking about these things and you go, you're like, no, I can see why you're a bad guy. I can definitely see why you're going to be our villain. And the super zombie thing doesn't make sense, but then it, in a subtle way, I saw I saw an article on Forbes. Uh, one of the Forbes reviewers talked about how much they hated this show because that's what Forbes of does. Forbes was it the Paul right. guy? No, it wasn't. It was somebody oh. else. I was amazed. I was like, oh my God, is it Paul Tassie again? No, it's yeah. not Paul Tassie. Um, they just need to let that guy off the hook when it comes to uh, writing about Walking Dead content. I just don't. Yeah, no, he, he, he's writing about other things now, I think. Good, but good for it him. Was a, it, was another, it was another person, and they were commenting about how stupid it is that there's a boat that got to, went to Maine and collected these zombies. Why are they doing it? And all I kept thinking was, well, the United States has a larger population than France, as far as I'm aware. Sure. And, and we're certainly going to have more fresh dead because of our population than France would. And who knows, maybe the infections have changed. You know what I mean? Maybe our zombies and their zombies are a different strain of the same virus. Maybe it's changed. It's mutated of some kind. And maybe they're trying to figure out a way to make this formula work on our zombies so that they can show up on a show up with a boat one day and just start shooting our zombies and make super zombies and send them out to kill us. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like I, I mean, you know, if we're thinking super villain, like that sounds about right, you know, and uh and, and that's the vibe I got. And it's not so over the top that it's unbelievable. No, you know what I mean? I mean it, she keeps talking about survival of the she keeps talking about survival of the fittest. At one point, she throws Daryl in a pit and keeps sending her super zombies after them, and he keeps killing them. And she seems very upset that her plan is not working. Well, she kind of explains it a little bit in that scene where she she lets slip, like, you know, she blames, she says, we're going to take back the world from the people who unleash this hell upon us. Like, she blames a specific group, you know? She's, she's, seems like she's blaming it's not, this didn't start in France. It started somewhere else, and we're sure. going to take back that. Yeah. So I get the distinct impression she is going to be a rise to power and conquer the world kind of person. Yeah, yeah. And um, Laurent's group, uh, they're uh, the rebels. They're the rebels. It's the empire. It's the empire. The rebels versus the empire once again in the Walking Dead universe. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, it, it. It is. It is what it is. I. I think that. I was fine with that. And I mean, like, I think Daryl. There's, there's nothing about it to me that felt unbelievable. There was nothing about it to me that felt forced. There was nothing about it that felt heavy handed. Yeah. Yeah. There Are there, are, if you really think about it, are there plot holes? Yes. But they don't dwell on any of it long enough for you to think about the plot holes too long. 
you're already moving on to the next part of the adventure. Yeah. And there weren't that, there weren't like many plot holes. I feel like they explained the biggest one, which was why is Daryl in France? Like, I think that's the biggest leap that you have to make as a, as a fan of the walking dead. And it, it makes sense. Like Daryl's, um, he's, he's roaming. He's trying to find out what's out there now that they've settled the Commonwealth. Um, he, he is in contact with, uh, with Carol, you know, he gives Carol his location, Maine, uh, before he disappears, but he's, he's out there to find something. He's out there to find, I mean, he's not even like, they don't even specifically mention, he's not really even looking for Rick. He's just looking for other civilizations to see what's out there. And he ends up in France and he discovers that there is a functioning, society there in france like there's a lot of good people living there uh but of course there is as you said lou like a a faction of evil that is trying to sort of control uh control france um i i gotta say that the idea here obviously they shot this in france and they did a they just did so well with the location specifically that the last episode when they get to the nest which is yeah. um a real life location in normandy it's uh mont saint michel i think uh, or michael yeah. i might be saying it wrong but it is a it is this fortress of a castle that is um looks to be surrounded by a lake but honestly looks like a lake bed that that goes you know very um very shallow and you can kind of walk across it, it. So cool. Yeah, it looks like it looks like the kind of thing that when the tide is in or out, it might actually be stuck and be an island and you can't get there except by boat. And then yeah. when when the opposite happens, you can get there easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um another moment that I loved was uh they're walking through Paris and they discover uh Morrison's grave from the doors and there's a cover yep. of uh people are strange, but it's in French. And yeah. again, like this isn't a, it, I know it's the year we live in where if this show was done 10, 15 years ago, it would, it would not be this, but what they've no. done here is they've really created the walking dead in France. I'm really glad you brought up that Jim Morrison thing. Cause I forgot all about that, but when they're walking through Paris and they were playing the French version of that song, I was like, oh, I know this song. Oh, yeah. it's the doors. That's yeah. kind of cool. And I didn't know that that was the tie-in. And then when they find the gravestone, he just got, they don't dwell on it. He just looks at it and he's like, huh, there's another American here. He's dead, but there's another American here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's just, it, it's just, it's just, there's something artsy about it, but not too artsy. There's something about it that's clever, but not too clever. Yeah. I loved it. Honestly, I want more. And it's not in your face about it. I feel like that's been my biggest gripe with all of the Walking Dead stuff is I always feel like it's talking down to me like I'm stupid. You know what I yeah. mean? Yep. It's trying to talk to me like I've never seen zombie content before. So look at our big, clever idea that's been done in nine other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this show is A, so different, and B, it's... I hate to say it. It's not up its own butt about everything. Yeah. Yeah. They do really, they do a really great job of balancing all these different aspects of like, you know, you have a, uh, 
like you have Daryl transplanted from America and France. You have that language barrier. You have this heavy religious themes. You have the the dictator. Um, it's they they play they play with all these themes really well, and I I really enjoyed it. I mean, honestly, I went in with low expectations. Um, maybe that helped me enjoy it more, but honestly, they just, <laughs> I think that that's what helped me too. Um, when I read that Forbes review, that was the first sentence. They went in with high expectations. I'm like, well, that's why you hated this. <laughs> why, why, why would you go? Why in? would you, I mean, I, I don't why know. Why would you go into this with high expectations? I, I, I guess like even, um, even dead city, which we talked about earlier in the summer, it's just like. I, I look at that series and like, I think that's the walking dead trying to do more of the walking dead with the walking dead characters. Then you look at Daryl Dixon and it's like, okay, they want to do different walking dead with a walking dead character. And I, it just works so much better. Like, I don't think they can do this again. I don't think they can say like, okay, now, um, uh, this guy is going to wash up, uh, in Australia, you know, like, and then we're going to do that. Like, I don't think that would work. But, like, they made it work here. They made it work here. I don't know if they can duplicate it, but they could certainly they could certainly move the move characters in a different direction. I don't think they can send people to Europe, but I think they might be able to move to another part of the United States or South America or something and make it plausible. Sure, sure. But I don't know if that's what I want. I mean, I'm still hoping that someday The Walking Dead goes away, but. You know, not because I not, 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 just because I just don't want them to beat the horse dead to the point where it's not fun anymore. And I was beginning to feel that way until Dead City and this. I feel like both were uh, there was things about Dead City I didn't love, but there wasn't anything I hated. Yeah, I, um, I honestly think that after Rick and Michonne's series, they will start to move further and further away from The Walking Dead Prime. I, I really so. Yeah, that's my question for you. Did you catch what I thought might have been a hint at the Rick and Michonne story? No, I didn't. I'm curious to hear what what you're thinking. Okay, so before Daryl gets taken, they show this story that and imply he's in Freeport, Maine. I will get to that in a minute because I live 30 minutes from Freeport. Um, (laughs) And uh, he um, and uh, uh, and so. He's trying to get in touch with the Commonwealth and he's far enough that radios aren't working and he finds somebody that's got a radio and it's implied that it's uh, like a ham radio. So he might be able to get relayed far enough that he can talk to the Commonwealth and get a hold of somebody. And he gets a hold of the radio and he calls Carol to tell her where he is and she gets garbled and in it, she says the words and they're back. Somebody came, they, they came back and he says, who came back? And she says something and you can't hear it. And he, he goes, eh, whatever. And he walks away. I think she's telling him Rick and Michonne came back. Oh, hmm. And I mean, that would, and I mean, that leads really interestingly into um, the cliffhanger ending, Carol returning, the fact that. Literally, the season two of Daryl Dixon is going to be called Daryl Dixon, the book of Carol. Um, that's the line. I, I was like, I kept reading the IGN article. I was like, is this is this just them saying it's like, no, it's literally called the book of Carol. 
um, and it's going to be premiering in 2024. So that's an interesting theory and would honestly be one of the main reasons that Carol would, uh, look, it gives a strong narrative reason for Carol to go, um, do whatever it takes to bring Daryl home because we know Daryl would just be over the moon. Not over that, but if if she was being kept to the Commonwealth for a reason, having Rick and Michonne back gives her a reason to leave. Somebody sure. else can step in and fill her role and she can go find Daryl. Um, so that all being said, uh, I live 30 minutes from Freeport and I can tell you right now that scene on the highway where they show the Freeport sign that is not Freeport. <laughs> <laughs> no? Uh, no. It's probably um, Atlanta, honestly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I literally, when the episode ended, I was watching the last ep- last few minutes. I've been watching it on the TV, but um, uh, I was watching it on the laptop because the kid wasn't in bed yet. And um, when I got to that point and I saw the Freeport sign, I just busted out laughing. And my wife asked me, what am I laughing at? Because she wasn't watching with me. And I said, hold on, I got to rewind this a couple minutes. And she's not really a Walking Dead fan, but she gets it because I talk about it all the time. Yeah. And uh, she knows enough that she knows who Carol- characters are like Carol because she's watched the first couple seasons with me. And I turned around and she was like, oh, wow, Carol looks way different than the last time I saw her. I'm like, yeah, it's been a couple years. And she goes, and she goes, so why are you showing me this? And I'm like, wait a minute. And she's threatening the guy in the trunk of the car. And then she gets on the bike and she drives by and you see the Freeport sign. And she goes, wait, are they supposed to be in Maine? Is that supposed to be the Freeport sign? And I said, yeah, that's supposed to be the Freeport sign. And she goes, well, they could have done a better job because that doesn't look anything like Freeport. You heard it here first from the Maine guy. There are a couple of major roads in and out of Freeport. And Freeport is a is a tourist town. Uh, Freeport is where L.L. Bean and their L.L. Bean factory is. You can't go into Freeport where there isn't a bunch of L.L. Bean stuff everywhere. So the fact that they showed Freeport and they made it look like it's a desolate place is hilarious. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, I'm not telling you yeah. if, I'm not telling you Freeport's a city. It is a small town. But you can't go into that small town where you don't run into strip malls and uh, uh, and other things. <laughs> it is not the woods. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe this was, uh, maybe it grew in. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Um, how do you, so we, we we talked about Carol's side of the ending of the season and how she's looking for Daryl and she discovers, um, she essentially gets to the camp where the bike was is was stolen, which is probably where Daryl uh, was put on the boat. But Daryl's side of it, Daryl's conflicted about leaving. He's obviously formed these relationships with Isabella and Laurent. Uh, and and their group, he gets to the Normandy beach. He flags down the boat, and then uh, Laurent is there, calling for Daryl. And Daryl hesitates on the beach between the boat and Laurent. And we don't get a conclusion to it. He just sort of stands there. But like, what do you what do you make of that? I think the boat came. Laurent came to the beach, and I think now Daryl's hesitating, and I don't think he's going to leave. I think he's he had that moment on the beat uh, at the cemetery where he saw his grandfather's name. I think he's going to stay. Yeah, because he's found he's found people that that he he loves, like he likes to be around them. He he seems to be very happy. I think he's found a new place. 
Yeah. And I have a funny feeling that Carol's adventure is Carol going there. And when Carol gets there, she might not want to leave either. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and I also think there's, I think there's more to it too. Um, the boat that supposedly is going to, um, the boat that is going to take him back to America, it, they have, they were going to take him to England, where supposedly England has fishermen still, and the fishermen go out as far uh, uh, can take him as far as Newfoundland, is what they say. Well, the the fishermen would take them to England, and then there were boats on England that that can take them as far as Newfoundland, which is across the uh, Atlantic Ocean. Like it's it's still a still a journey, right? It's still a journey, but it's not. There's land and things along the way. There's closer points than just dr- sailing across the mid Atlantic. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, as a Canadian, I probably mispronounced. Uh, I think it's Newfoundland, Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Anyways, they called it Newfoundland in it. In, in the episode. So that's why I'm calling it that way. I should have clipped it and I was going to. That's not how it is. Yeah. I, I've watched enough Canadian stuff that I know it's pronounced like three different ways and I have no idea which is the right one. Well, <laughs> it's funny. I worked with someone who who is uh, from around there and um, I said it the way you said it, Newfound- New- Newfoundland. It's not, New- yeah. they always say it's not Newfoundland. It's like understand, understand Newfoundland. Newfoundland, yeah, New, and I always go back to Newfoundland, Newfoundland, Newfoundland. It's understand Newfoundland, and that's the way it's said in the show. I was gonna clip it because, hey, if Daryl went home, I would have got my Canadian Walking Dead, but he, he's probably not going home, so we're not gonna get that. It's a little unfortunate. I have a funny feeling we might get. I have a funny feeling because of that we might get Carol going that way. And the other thing that I find interesting about all of this is we don't really have a good idea of how long daryl was out to sea how long the journey across the atlantic took you know what i mean yeah he lands on the beach close to uh uh, they're they're several days from paris or whatever they go to paris and then they go to normandy and they do all of this via horse it's not like they drove anywhere in a car you know what i mean or walking so they don't really give you an idea of how many how long they've been on the road. Daryl's probably been gone for months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I just looked it up. Uh, by no means is you know a Google search science, but it, it sounds like a sailboat could be three to six weeks. A cruise ship is seven or eight days to cross the Atlantic. So, yeah. you know, I we saw that boat. We don't know how far it got into into the Atlantic. I'm assuming they would have had to have been within land shot, uh, within sight of land for Daryl to have washed up like he did. Yes. So probably, probably out out to sea for about a week, but he's been missing. He's been missing. I don't know if they even say how long he was missing because I think Carol may have dropped it, but I think it's a really interesting way to end the season. Uh, It's a cliffhanger, but. Well, not only that, but he's been gone for months, right? And we're now getting clips of Carol out looking for him. But she could be out looking for him, and he could have just washed up on that beach. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know where she and him are. Their timelines, the clips we're seeing, the timeline might not be synced up yet. So, you know, she could show up and, you know, tell him that Rick's alive and... 
you know, things happened and we wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be I mean, your theory places the series really interestingly. It, it definitely makes things more interesting because, I mean, um, if you think about it, uh, Morgan has always had the chance to go back to Alexandria. You know what I mean? And he doesn't know about the Commonwealth or any of that. All that happened after he left. And, you know, I've, I think we've talked about it on the show. We've always joked, well, there's bad guys here. Why don't they just go back to the Commonwealth? Why doesn't he take all of his new friends and lead them to the, to his old friends? And, 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 and that's just traveling across the United States. We're now talking about it's been 11 years and people are traveling the ocean again. Um, I think the Walking Dead universe is about to get a whole lot more interesting. I think we're going to start seeing a world that is going back to civilization. Yeah. Well, I think that's the end goal, right? For I think that's the end goal. I But I think, I mean, I hope they don't drag it out, but I think we're going to get back to seeing the world kind of become normal again. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing, too, that I thought was interesting is France doesn't seem as full of zombies as America. No. Seems like France kind of has their shit together, <laughs> but there's still yeah. evil people there. So it's not like they're completely, you know, uh, safe, you know, uh, with everything going on. Oh, and it should be said, um, they really did film in the catacombs below Paris. So the, all those skulls and everything that was real. Oh, man, they did so good. OK, so uh, great lead in. I've got some clips and then we'll have to wrap up. But uh, specifically, I have a clip where they're talking in those catacombs about how uh, France has survived many, uh, many an apocalypse. So here we go. America is an infant. But here we survive many apocalypses. We will survive this one, too. Ah, I just love it. I love that approach to it. And he's he's not wrong. Like they're talking about six million uh people who died in in the black plague of uh during in, in france and they're in yeah. the, and they're buried in the catacombs and they're traveling through these catacombs they do so much with the setting of france and um it's exactly why i've asked for a series to be set outside of america because i feel like it's been done um although that being said like i think dead city is a really good example of like let's do let's do an american setting that hasn't been done before what else do I have here? Oh, I have uh, Daryl's first uh, first translation here that he did. God loves you. Wasn't very impressed. Wasn't very impressed with that. Um, also, killer nuns. Killer nuns, huh? Well, we can defend ourselves if we need to. <laughs> uh, oh, the, <laughs> this is a good one. It's the follow-up to when uh, his cover story is given by Isabel uh, of being Father Daryl. Father Daryl, really? <laughs> I love his, I love his reactions. Um, there's a moment at a dinner table where he, uh, he's still pretending to be Father Daryl. He he's asked to lead prayer. He gives a great, a great prayer. I didn't didn't capture that, but then it, afterwards, so there's a talk about like, oh, you know, the manners is what tells you about a good person, and and then Daryl, uh, well, Daryl does this. He's still going. <clears throat> That's good soup. 
Oh, Daryl. Uh, and, uh, you know, partway through the season, he's not, he's not really, he's very focused on getting back to America. He's very focused on getting back home. And the whole journey of the season is kind of like explaining that like, well, maybe home is where you are now. Like maybe home is, is the people you're currently surrounded by. Um, a lot changes in this world and you're here now. Um, but for the first three episodes, he's kind of annoyed by his situation that he's, he's being offered help, but he's not. He's not super keen on the help he's been offered, but uh, there's this great line that Laurent sort of uh, pokes Daryl here. Monsieur Daryl, what kind of death would you prefer? How about a quiet one? <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have the moment where he loses his crap on Laurent? No, I don't. I, I, okay. I did not like that scene. It fit. He's very uh, it it frustrated. And I, 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 I'm currently in the process of dealing with a a horrible three-year-old uh you know nine times out of ten she's good but you know i you have kids you know what it's like three-year-olds have their moments yeah uh, where you're like scene, why did yeah. you do that where they do something and you go why did you do that and they're like because i wanted to yeah yeah it's <laughs> and, uh and 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 he has that moment where he loses his crap on laurent and then like it, he gets it out of his system and then he looks at Laurent and he's like, man, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a really good scene, you know, and I, I watched that scene and I went, I think I did that yesterday. Yeah, it's uh, again, like you talk about how uh, writing kids is not this series is or franchises forte. But I think this is the first season that was like top notch. Yeah, the, the, everything with Laurent hits home. Yeah. Um, He's not the, the the hero, like hero type, but you can see them pushing him in that direction. Yeah, but yeah. it's not ham fisted. Um, he makes he's fl- a flawed hero, but you can see that they're going to try and make him into something. You know what I mean? I feel like he's gonna be he's gonna be a hero by the time this sh- series comes to an end. You know what I mean? I don't think they kill Laurent off. Yeah. Um. And the other thing I found interesting about Laurent was the guy that's been chasing Daryl across France that's going to kill him because he killed his brother. He's going to kill him and going to kill his brother. Finally, he catches Daryl. It's the very last episode. He finally catches Daryl. He has the opportunity to kill Daryl. And the guys that are with him hand him a gun, tell him that he's to kill the boy and the women first, and then you can kill Daryl. And he points the gun at the boy, and the boy says in French, like, God will forgive you. And yeah, God loves you, basically. God loves you. And, 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 and you can see it in his eye. He's completely torn. He does not want to kill this kid. He's only been out to do this because he wants to kill Daryl. But he knows that if he kills this kid, he's going to lose part of himself. You can see it on his face. And then he proceeds to kill all of them. And then he looks at Daryl and says, like, in other words, this is your free pass. Get out of here. But next time I see you, you're dead. And it's not over the top. It's not the kind of thing that you would watch and be like, oh, why do you let Daryl live? You can see that he looked at that kid and it changed him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the acting was uh, awesome. It was just, Superb. A- just amazing. Yeah. did a re- And, and Daryl was amazing. Carol was great. Carol was only in it for like 10 minutes, but she was fantastic. We got the old Carol back. Yeah. Um, 
But I do have one more clip, and this is uh, this is another clip of you know differences between America and the rest of the world. Like uh, you know, here it is an American is basically title of the clip. How much further? About two hundred kilometers. In American, it's about one hundred and twenty-four miles. All right. loved every moment that just has it's just well it's fish out of water right like he he is in a different country he's surrounded by people who speak a different language it's 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 funny for me because i know so many canadians and i interact with uh, both doing this show and in real life that when i hear kilometers and 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 things like fahrenheit and celsius in my head i can do the math rough enough that I kind of get the gist of everything without having it like, like I, I rarely have to look things up. Yeah. I usually go, Oh, they said it's X degrees. And I go, do the math in my head. And I'm like, yeah, it's like 30 degrees. Our t- temp. Okay, cool. I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Yeah. And I think like I approaching it from the other side of things, like someone who lives in a country that, that deals with Celsius and kilometers and all that. Whenever I'm in that guy's, boat where it's like oh right kilometers that's how i speak but i can easily tell you and i can't can't easily tell you miles but i know enough about the differences like celsius and fahrenheit and kilometers and miles to be like oh right yes but in this it's it's that you know or yeah oh centimeters no but it's inches here it is an inch that sort of thing yeah it, it they did a really good job it didn't feel like they were rubbing it in they were using it for good comedic relief and daryl I think reacted appropriately for every time it, it popped up. He showed frustration sometimes. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I think there was, uh, there was, I think there was only a few moments where he's like yelling at people because he doesn't understand them. Um, I didn't, I don't think I captured that one, but I just, uh, I, I want to go back to this one and we'll, we'll wrap up. But like, this is my, this is my favorite interaction. It was in, it was in the first episode. We already played it. We're going to play it again. I'm sorry. I don't understand you. Hey, you American guy. You know, I speak English very good. What's cracking, noob? <laughs> she says, what's cracking, noob, right? Like, that's what we're hearing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, I thought maybe she was saying, what's cracking, new or something? But it's like, no, what's cracking, noob? Oh, it's so good. Well, uh, Lou... That is Daryl Dixon and uh, continuing the trend of Lou saying pre-show. I think this will be a quick one. I think this is probably our longest episode in a bit. So In a uh, while. Yeah. No. Yeah. Goes to show when we really enjoy something, we like to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But coming up on our next episode, um, uh, well, the note says it's episode 300. So we should probably do something for that. Yeah. I think we kind of, we kind of have a plan. We do have a plan. But it's going to be a surprise. We're going to make it a surprise for everybody. So stay tuned for that in a couple of weeks, uh, episode 300. Now, until then, you can join our Discord, bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. I want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Zombies Ate My Podcast. You can go there and uh, support the show directly. Also, you can visit our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com, for show notes and all our previous episodes. You can send us an email. We may read it on the show, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and don't forget to follow the show at Zombies Podcast.
Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the podcast artwork. You can find more of his great work at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, and as always, we close out the show with some fine zombie knowledge from the busy zombie lord himself. Take it away, Lou. Daryl Dixon has taught me one thing. When you're in France, just do what the French people do. Killer nuns, huh? <laughs>